Hey, my name is John Bonham. Welcome to my podcast, Daddy Confessions. I'm an educator and father of two boys. This podcast is for dads and about dads. We will talk about things that dads are faced with as they go through their journey in fatherhood. This podcast is for every kind of dad, from soon-to-be dads to those dads who are now empty nesters. Welcome to another episode of Daddy Confessions. This is your boy, John, here with two good friends of mine. We went to high school together. I've known these guys for a long, long time. Uh, If you watch the podcast or listen to the podcast in the past, you know Mike already. Uh, But I also have my friend Broderick here today as well. Uh, So, Broderick, you can introduce yourself first. Thank you so much, John, for having me on the show. Um, my name is Broderick, and I, I've known John since high school. I live in Northern Virginia with my wife and two children, and uh, I'm an attorney by trade. I practice labor and employment law, and I'm just uh, happy to be on the podcast today. <laughs> and Mike, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Mike Smith again. Um, Did one of the earlier segments of Daddy Confessions. I am a literacy coach in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, Also a uh, as well as I'm an educator as well as an artist. Thank you for coming back, Mike. And Roger, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. Mike got to say all these things he does. You can say that. You, I mean, you, hey, you full-time father, full-time artist, full-time lawyer. There you go. Artist. <laughs> Wait, he's an artist? Did you know that, Mike? Yeah, artist. <laughs> I had no idea. What kind no, of art? Uh, you, you know, pay, I, you I'm, ha- I'm having some creative blocks right now, John. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of myself as a as a painter, a writer, you know, a spoken word person, a okay. freestyler. But I don't do any of those things. Roger, right now. you are definitely a Renaissance man. <laughs> right, 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 right. You are definitely a Renaissance. Okay, man. I didn't. I, I was not aware. I'm I am, kidding. I am learning new things all the time. That is cool. So, um, so tonight, uh, I have. These gentlemen here, uh, who are a little bit younger than I am, but um, they are good friends of mine. We talk often. Got a text chain, mostly dominated by Broderick saying things that he shouldn't say. But, oh, no. um, but, <laughs> but we but we talk often, right? And so, um, what I asked. And sorry, him, I don't respond to. I feel like I don't okay. respond. You don't. You, yeah, just Mike does not I'm respond. Just, I'm just. I just. I, and it's not just y'all. I have other chain. Um, you know, I just don't. Some you know. Sometimes I just don't talk. Mike is a busy man. I get it. He's a busy man. We're all busy men. Mike. That's right. That's right. So, but what we are here to talk about tonight. So I was able to to gather these two gentlemen uh, to talk with me about something that I don't know anything about, um, which is raising interracial children. And so I thank you guys for being here tonight to discuss this topic. Um, It's something that, you know, from afar, I've always kind of looked at and wondered about uh, as people are, um, you know, getting married and having children and thinking about um, how they're they're raising their children. Right. So I I always wanted to to talk with people about this this topic. And so, you know, I got a couple of questions. We may stick to the questions we may not. But what I really want to know is how you all um, kind of live your day to day lives as parents of, of interracial children. Um, you know, what did, what have you thought about as a, as you, you know, 
and your partner decided to have kids, all those kind of things. So um, first things first, um, did you ever have any pushback from your family as it related to having a partner who was not African-American? Because you guys can't see it, but both of these guys are African-American are black. So. Well, you know, it's, it's a good question, John. And I really, you know, I'd had before my wife, I'd had I'd had other partners who were outside my race. So it wasn't, you know, a big deal. And, you know, I grew up, I, I live in, in Northern Virginia now and I'm a Northern Virginia native where I feel in the suburbs here, interracial relationships are fairly common. You know, it's different than growing up in the deep south or growing up in a and going to school in a predominantly African-American setting. So it wasn't as big a deal on on both sides. You know, it wasn't as big a pushback as you would have imagined. But I still think that there's some education that needs to go on. Like, for example, um, you know, some of my wife's relatives hadn't really been around a whole lot of black people before. So, you know, they might ask a question that, you know, somebody who's grown up in a diverse area would never ask. And so I try to just educate. Right. Because, right. you know, if I'm going to be the first <laughs> black person some people know intimately. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make it like I wouldn't joke around with them the same way I would joke around with you because gotcha. I'm trying to be an example. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I hear that. I understand that. And and Mike, what about you? Any- <clears throat> yeah, I don't think, um, I can't really say there was pushback. Um, I, I The thing is interesting because like growing up, I was kind of always, I think people always kind of figured that I was going, I remember, and I remember specifically people saying like young ladies even saying, oh, when you grow up, you're going to marry a white girl. Because I was kind of, you know, on that track, one of those brothers who was on that track, who just kind of wasn't, I mean, I, I lived in the hood, but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't hood, I wasn't thug like that, right? But um, I kind of had a lot going and I was like the, the smart, you know, the smart dude, you know what I'm saying? So um, people kind of always figured that I would, but the thing was, it was more like, okay, you're gonna marry a white girl. right? right. Um, and I ended up marrying Hispanic, you know what I'm saying? Latina, um, which kind of, I don't know. I feel like it was like a little bit like, okay. It's like, okay, well, that's okay. That's fine. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? You ain't go like, you know, all the you way, all the way, all the way. Right. Right. The right. other side, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I think it was always kind of expected of me to, um, to go outside the race. So do you think that that was, uh, something that was being said by people prior to you going away to yeah, because before that, I'm yeah, before that, even at boarding school, like I was always with sisters. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, is that true, Mike? Yeah, I had. I mean, <laughs> I had a couple Hispanic, a couple um, Hispanic girls. You know, Marcella ended up marrying, but um, but it was just always always sisters. Like right. I didn't. Um, I dated white girls, but it wasn't until later. Gotcha. You know, later, um, later in life, so like college and stuff. Okay. So. And the reason why I ask that is because one of the things that my mother used to say to me all the time when when I went away to boarding the school was, 
I know you're gonna come back and hit with a white girl. Like she just was, she just knew that I was gonna come home with a white girl. Like, and that was one of her. I guess I'll say it was one of her <laughs> nightmares. Like she didn't want me to come home, you know. Right. And I think for her, for my mother, it was more of a concern of, well, how do I connect with this person? Yeah, how am I going right? So what what does that look like? What does that feel like? Right? What what will we be able to talk about? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so she's probably worried about saying something right. offensive. Oh, my mother is racist. Right. Okay, I love my mother to death. Okay, my mother. Uh, whew, okay, I, that's, I won't get all the way into my mother. Well, I mean, but it, but you know, would your mother like? Would your mother like discriminate against? No, no. see, that's the thing, though. No, it's but like, I think she grew up in a time yeah. where it was where the reality was is that black people and white people didn't spend a lot right. of time together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so because of that. Her perspective on white people is very skewed to a negative aspect. She had had more negative experiences and positive experiences. So that was her reality. Right. And the same thing. Well, and not not to the same extent with uh, with Latinos or or Asians, because she just didn't have as many experiences. Um, But, you know, the corner store in our neighborhood was owned by Asian people. The. you know, we didn't know a lot of Latino people in our neighborhood. And so a lot of it, what she talked about, what I grew up with were stereotypes for sure. So, um, so, you know, so I, I, I know that there would have been a lot of pushback for me. Now that doesn't, that's not the reason why my wife is not white or Asian or, or Latino. It just so happened that, you know, my wife tracked me down. Uh, she made it easy for me to fall in love with her. You know what I'm saying? That's and so dope. that's and so and we we're together. still together. We still for now <laughs> until she decides we're not together, oh. right? Well, you know, John, it's interesting because it, I think it's all about experience, right? right? So I can remember growing up in a you know suburban. I grew up Prince William County, Virginia, in Woodbridge, and you know there were black families. There were white fan, and back then in the eighties, but we were definitely the minority right. in my neighborhood. So you know, my best friends growing up were black and white, and you know, Sikh, and so I, that was just my experience. And of my parents, my mother grew up in Roanoke, Virginia, and. She was born in 1950 and started to integrate the schools when she was in middle school. And then she was one of the first African-Americans to finish Hollins College, which is an all-girls school, um, predominantly white. Whereas my father, you know, he was a couple of years older, grew up in Newport News, did not have a class with a white person until graduate school. Wow. Mm. So, you know, just the level of comfort is kind of is kind of different. And, you know, my, my my mother's family, my grandfather worked for the federal government, you know, so he was used to being around white people. My grandmother, <laughs> a retired educator, you know, was always used to teaching almost predominantly white kids. She taught in New Jersey and she taught in Montgomery County, Maryland. So, 
you know, it was an exposure thing, I think. Right. So you, so you, you had been exposed to lots of different type of people. You do a segment on Roderick's family, man. Right. Like, that's yeah. Because yeah. I can remember being Conrad's age and, you know, having my little, my little, you know, my little white girlfriend from preschool. Because <laughs> John, John, I'm sure you see it with your boys. You know, yeah. some of them. Well, no, I don't actually. Believe like, it or not, it is, well, <laughs> it's, well, it's interesting because my son's little girlfriend now is mixed uh, and her dad could easily be on this podcast with us tonight um, you know I've known him some, since college and oh I know uh, he's a good brother you did yeah, you I met him he's yeah. a good guy and, uh, and so you know Russ is a, is a good guy and he's been on he's been on the podcast before and um, you know and that's that's his little girlfriend now uh, and before that though when he was at his old school I mean Black, 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 huh? Well, we were, yeah, we were, yeah. So he had a little girlfriend at Brown, and he was at school before, and uh, and uh, you know, it was in love with her. Oh, little, wow, little, well, little Conrad, I have a four year old, and his, um, his, pardon me, he's one of the only males in his class Uh-oh. in preschool. Uh-oh. That'll do it, that'll do it. He is now, there's play an African, <laughs> and there's an African American girl in junior pre K whose mother actually went to college with my mother. Oh, wow. And then she was at WNL. What? So her mother went to college with his mother. So the mom so, was so the grandmothers the went grandmothers to, went so, to so, college. Oh, oh. So little yeah, girls. Like, I was like, little girl, mom was like, like grandmothers. Yeah, <laughs> so Peyton's mother went to Hollins with my mother. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then Cammy went to Washington and Lee with me. Oh wow. And wow. then now our kids go to school together and they live like two neighborhoods down the road. Okay. Right. So, so but otherwise, you them already, you huh? could set them but up otherwise, my son, it's like that DMX song, you know, with all the oh, names. Gosh. Oh, oh gosh. Oh gosh. Wait, wait, so, tell us more about this DMX song. Bro. I forget how the lyrics go. Michael. Oh my gosh. All right. So what's so, what the title of it? So Broderick <laughs> has a tendency to go breaking the song lyrics sometimes too. So, um, so, so what do you, so what do you guys think? So you, you know, so Mike, you mentioned, that your daughter, who is in what grade now? Fifth grade. Fifth grade now. So I thought she's going to sixth, sixth grade, grade next year. And so your daughter is black and Latino? Latina, Hispanic? What do you guys say? I don't know. What I know. That's, you know that's a great question. That's the whole thing, right? That's a great question. I mean, I, I'm i like, I, I let her know um, that she's, you know, I mean, she knows also black and Hispanic. And I think one time she was like, you know, but yeah, but I'm more Hispanic, right? I'm more Colombian, right? And I was like, no, you're both, you're both, you're mixed half and half. You know, you're not, you're not more of the other. But I was like, well, I'm wondering why she feels that way because um, I think most of it is because of Abuela, her grandmother on that side. She has such a great relationship with Abuela and she doesn't have that relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things Abuela does, my mother doesn't do. And she really can't do. Um, but so I think she kind of sees that and she's she's around much more often. Um, you know, so we used to live together even right, actually. Right. She lived with Abuelo for several years. So um, and, you know, her cousins on that side and everything always came over more. Um, and she feels like she has more of a connection with them. But now I think she's getting older and she's starting to understand more that daddy phase that right. daddy age now right. where she's I'm kind of the one she looks to more instead of mom um 
Yeah, yeah. As, they, as they hit the teenage years, they they rebel against the other parent for sure. Like they just don't want to, and, it, and it's not in a but bad you way. Still a moment's, moment's yeah, but it's but it, they start to they start to to you know understand a little bit more the nuance of it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that's, that's what it's more so. I mean, I think she's always going to be more of a, a a mama's girl, and I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a problem with her. Uh, I mean, I want her to to embrace her. Uh, Colombian side, um, but definitely want her to embrace her black side also. But then it's also she the way she doesn't have the same perspective I did growing up. Right, right. She doesn't have the same black perspective. Most people don't these days, right? Like it's just yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know things have changed significantly for uh, for all young people. I mean, my sons like one of one of the hardest things. And again, my sons are blackly black black. You know, mom and dad both black. Like we don't, we don't know whether my wife swears that she is uh, Cuban, but she has not provided me with any. That's again, slaves in Cuba, right? But I don't. I haven't seen the documentation. And and again, not only not only were there slaves in Cuba, but there are black people in Cuba, in Cuba, right? So just like there are black people in Colombia, right? Exactly. So so understanding that aspect of my boy Blackie from Narcos. That's what's going. Oh my God! I got a real a real a real life story. Blackie's real. Back to well. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, so so the interesting part about it is, um, you know, kids starting to understand that, and your daughter's on the older side, right? So being in, being in, in fifth grade, she's on the older side of that. Roger, your kids are are still very young. I mean, so you have uh, an infant and a four year old. Yeah, and you know, in, in this house, John, we go by the the Plessy v. Ferguson rule. You know, that one drop. <laughs> you know, so my kids. Um, Conrad, at least, knows he will tell you he's black and he will tell you mommy's white. Wow. But he will. And, you know, it's just because he's he's light skinned and, you know, you can look at him and see that he's maybe mixed with something. But the world is going to certainly perceive him as black. And I'm trying to raise him as I would a black son and not somebody who's necessarily biracial. And so one of the things that I constantly try to do, and I think it's, it's kind of the same situation as your family, Mike, my wife's family's from Buffalo. So a lot of her relatives are further away, whereas my family's here. So he's around, you know, my aunt, my grandmother, my dad. Yeah. Right. So so he sees them Mm -hmm. and I try to, you know, I can remember when he was starting to talk, I would show him clips of Barack Obama and say, who does he look like, Conrad? And Conrad would say, he looks like me, <laughs> meaning he looks like right. like Conrad. Right. Wow. And just to show that, and that, that's one of the good things about living in such a diverse area, he sees black men, you know, on a regular basis. Our old neighbor was a black two-star general who was in an interracial relationship and had two mixed race kids and just seeing people like who look like him, you know, doing big things. So I try to raise him so that he can be proud. And I try to always talk about, you know, to, to like you all have been in my office. I can remember, um, I got a picture of me and the first black governor of Virginia, Doug Wilder. And I can remember growing up in a predominantly you know, in a not black area 
and just feeling pride that, hey, the governor was somebody who was like me. And, you know, the vice pri always makes sure he sees when Kamala's on TV and just trying Is to. Is she on TV? I never no, see her. She don't ever see me. I follow her socials. Okay, because I don't ever see her. Y'all are trying to, to do something to Kamala. Kamala, we love you. I'm just saying, she's like the most invisible vice president I've ever seen. But what you're saying about uh, going back to the, you know, wife being from Buffalo, it's the, you know, I think it would be different if, like, if my wife were a white American. I think that Issa would definitely see herself as a black American mm-hmm. in that in that context. But being Hispanic also, I think because you see other Hispanic people, Hispanic people come in, they have some that are pale skin and then some is dark. Every color you know of the rainbow. Right? Right, right. So for her, it's it's kind of like, well, she knows it's I think it's for her is more the um then it comes down to the, like the cultural stuff, right? Like um, but I think if she were, if, if my wife were white American, she would probably see herself definitely as black, I think, because she would understand more the way the world sees her. But as a half Hispanic, I think she also sees that she's, it's, she's, it's, she's not just black. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Conrad, just Conrad, I mean, he's really young, but it sounds like he's, he not necessarily denies his white side, but he just doesn't really see it. Yeah, yeah. He, he will tell you, I'm black, you know, Papa's black, Nana's black, and I always Mimi's wondered, white, and right. Mommy's white. But but it's like, you know, I, know, I wonder that about with people like Barack Obama that you mentioned. And he's, like, black. Why, he's what black. keeps he you from... With two, he grew up with his white grandparents. Right, right, but it's like, what keeps you from saying you're not white? When right. is if you black and you're like my mom black, you can't America. tell me I'm not black, right? right? And it's like, yeah. yeah, but if you like, I grew up, my mother's white. If you Jewish, if right. your mother's Jewish, you what? You're Jewish. You're Jewish. It's Judaism, though. You're right. Jewish, but right. he, you know, if your mother's Jewish. You're Jewish, but if here it's like his mother's white, Conrad's mother's white, so it's like what keeps people from like people from that keep. What keeps people like that from saying, hey, man, I'm white. I can put white if I want. I mean, I understand the the way our country works. That's society (laughs) saying. But that's getting back to my point was like Issa doesn't have to do that. She can say I'm both. It's like the black and brown is a little more, um, I don't want to say acceptable because, you know, we're all acceptable, but. I mean, in a perfect world, he'd be able to say, you know, I'm both or, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm white. But I feel like Issa has more. She has more agency. She has more agency to say I'm both. Right. And Conrad doesn't necessarily have that agency. Because, you know, that's why I'm so strong about teaching him that he's one. He's black because I worry out here in the world that he's going to be perceived, you know, he's certainly going to be perceived as black. And so he needs to be kind of strong in that identity. Yeah, no, I understand that. And that's, it's a very interesting idea because, um, you know, we talk about society, right. And, and what, how society sees people and living by that understanding that, as long as we live in a society that sees kids as 
one thing, right? Puts people in a box or uh, tries to 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 figure out, you know, who somebody is by looking at them. Then we have to to make sure that our kids understand what the the ramifications of that are, right? And what I mean by ramifications is, okay, so you need to understand your black side, your Colombian side, your black side, your white side, apparently your black side, your Cuban side, according to my wife. And really understand that because otherwise, if you don't understand it, right? If you don't know what that means and what it means in the context of, of where we live, then when situations arise, then you're going to be confused as to why I'm dealing with that situation. I haven't watched the uh, Colin Kaepernick piece on Netflix yet. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, I watched it. You watched it. And uh, I keep saying I'm going to watch it. I keep falling asleep because I'm having a hard time these days staying up at night to watch TV. But, um, But I have to believe that one of the things that he dealt with was understanding why he's living with these white people. He's light skinned person, but yet he still was dealing with racism in his young life. Right. Not even thinking about him as an adult, just as a young person. Right. So understanding why we, why we happen to live in a country where that is the reality. Uh, And so my next question to you all is at what point, if you haven't already, do you start to have the conversation with your kids about um, about racism, about um, things that have been done to uh, white people and, and to black people in this country by white people? Right. Um, you know, when do you start talking about uh, all of the, the things that have all of the atrocities, if you will, that ha- half of your child, essentially half of your child has endured, right? Um, or, you know, their 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 ancestors have endured, right? Um, have you guys started having that conversation with your kids? I mean, let, let's be honest. Your son is four. I know you told me jokingly, maybe it was true, that your son, Broderick, has watched Roots. You put it <laughs> John, now, my, son, you, my son, who is eight, has not seen Roots. He's so. not seen Roots. He did see some of Shaka Zulu. Shaka Zulu, oh my Shaka bad. Zulu. That's my bad. Before my wife put a stop to that. It was not Roots. That was my bad. Shaka Zulu. They had if boobies you, in Shaka Zulu. <laughs> They, they did they had boobies and that's how you teach him to be okay with all that oh yeah gosh. I was okay with it too <laughs> oh my gosh for, for, for our listeners if you were black in the 80s Shaka Zulu and Roots and Queen those were your miniseries right, right. right. Queen, 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 Queen 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 but you know Holly Holly Berry Holly Berry but uh, you know in all seriousness I there's a, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to get political on this podcast, but I, uh, Conrad and I were watching TV, the news one night. I watched the news with him, you know, just to get him talking about current events, to get him thinking about stuff. And I'll turn it if they're talking about, you know, somebody getting murdered or something. But there was a certain politician who used to be president. And I said, this person does not like people like us. Mm. And... He went to visit my wife's family, some of whom support this person, mm-hmm. and said, President Blank does not like black people. 
He pulled a Kanye. <laughs> Conrad pulled a Kanye. Yeah, he pulled a Kanye on somebody who actually does not like wow. black people. Wow. But um, so you know, it's it's. Uh, he he's still young, but that's why I'm glad I have people like you know my father around. My grandmother is going to be 95. Wow. Next week. That's a blessing. And she, it is a blessing. And, you know, John, she is only now starting to lose her memory. But just having a resource like, you know, we were talking the other day. She remembers family members who were enslaved. Yeah, that's amazing. And so when she was my son's age, she had a large group of family members who were former. My grandmother was born in 1926, who were former slaves. And just to, that shows you how that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't and just that long to have ago, for sure. the only one person kind of removed from from that is is crazy. So I hope and pray that she she stays around a couple more years so that my son can get the benefit of hearing some of the stories that I've grown up on. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, it's it is it's so recent, right? Like we are um, really still dealing with the effects of of all of that, and so being able to to talk with our kids about that is really super important. But then um, also, I'm thinking like you know, with with my situation, my daughter spent a lot of time, like two, three, four years, just living with mom and abuela. Mm-hmm. You know when I was, you know, still in Chicago working and stuff and, you know, was not with them. So that also has a lot to do with like why she feels or why she's been feeling, you know, for a long time that she's more Hispanic right. than black. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, and you know, the and so the reality of it is, is that there's still a lot left to, to teach the kids. Right. And, um, but she really not that Hispanic though. Fifty <laughs> percent, right? Man, she I mean, is a Fairfax. She's a Fairfax kid. Right. That's the way Which I see some it. Some everything. That's right, what I see. Right, it. right, right. It's like these kids. They are Fairfax County kids. They they be all kinds of stuff. They Persian. They Afghan. They they're, they're all this stuff. Ethiopian. They're all this stuff mixed up. And all this stuff, and I think that's the ultimate future, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that, that's, you know, I always tell people the the reality is, is that my wife and I, being a, a a black couple with black kids, we are like we're becoming like unicorns in this right. country, right? Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, I know. You know what I'm saying? I be like, feeling bad sometimes. Well, and this is the thing, right? Is one of the hardest things for us, for me, for me. I can't speak for my wife, but when I watch TV. And I see that they got interracial couples it's all over. Interracial TV. everything, yeah, like commercial. I'm yeah. like, yo, wait, what happened to the black? Yeah, world? Right. like we're the yeah. black. I mean, but I did, y'all had the did. Cosby Show. Y'all, had. I mean, we okay. We got a couple shows, but I'm just saying, you know, we, I guess we had, we had Rock and Michelle. We had blackish, but 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 what I'm saying, kids mixes too. Kids mixes. That's right. Barack's mix, Michelle mixed. Right. But it's about the blackish. Blackish. Right. But the thing is, is that like I look at. All of that, and I say to myself, as a parent with as a parent with black kids, I'm like, yo, well, what is that going to be like for us? You know, what I'm saying, having to raise our sons um, and trying to figure that whole thing out. All right, so I guess you know my question would be to you guys is, 
like out of all of this, what is the most important thing for you to teach your kids as they are growing up? I know we talked a little bit about a lot of things in terms of, you know, race. And uh, I know we mentioned a little bit about, you know, he who should not be named, uh, not Voldemort, not Voldemort. But <laughs> but I mean, so like what types of things are important to like to really teach your kids as they are growing up in the, in this time, in this in this environment where, you know, there is a lot of uh, people who are you know coming from mixed backgrounds or it, should we even call it mixed backgrounds? Is is interracial even an appropriate way to say it? Like what should like what are some of the things that you're teaching your kids? Well, I, I think the single most important thing that you can teach a young person of color, particularly a young black male, is just resilience. And some people have described it as grit, and I, and I don't like that. But I think just to be resilient, because it doesn't matter your economic class, whether you grow up in the hood or you grow up in a million dollar house, there are going to be situations where you are treated differently, perceived differently, whether it's professionally, whether it's with the police, whether it's academically. And I think just knowing that that's coming and being strong enough to confront those situations, to take your knock sometimes, to get knocked down, to get off your path and be ready to, to get back up and stay on that path. I think that's the single most important thing that you can teach a young black male. I can agree with resilience. Um, I mean, I, I really do believe that uh, it's across the board, though, like resilience. Um, I just... Uh, feel like all every everybody has to deal with with resilience you know and i think that's one of the great things about our country being american is that's one thing that we all you can be discriminated against for anything we can all be discriminated against for whatever you know and at the end of the day it's like how you deal with that discrimination, you know? I mean, it shouldn't be, it's not, we, we, we have to fight to make sure that's not the case, but people have their beliefs and people can, people can have their beliefs. That's their beliefs. They should be able to have those beliefs. When it comes to like, just discriminating against people though, that's when we kind of got to, you know, draw the line, right? And say, this is unjust. We can't deal with this. Um, you know, so. Yeah, that I think I agree with you, Mike. And then just to have pride, you know, <clears throat> my daughter is still an infant. So, you know, I haven't I obviously don't have the experience with her that I do with my son, but I just always want her to believe that she's beautiful because, you know, society, I think pushes Eurocentric beauty. And, you know, my, my, my fear is, you know, I don't want my daughter to ever say, well, daddy married a white woman with Eurocentric features. What does that say about me and people who look like me? So just to make sure that she always feels beautiful, that she has positive black female role models 
you know, that look like her and don't look like her. Um, you know, my grandfather, who was about medium complexion, medium to light, always said that he married my grandmother because she was the proudest dark skinned girl he'd ever met. And, you know, they met in college in 19, uh, in 1946 at Virginia Union. And back then there weren't a whole lot of students. My grandmother's complexion, my grandmother. Right. Yeah, it's extremely dark. Dark skinned people were not really going to college. They were no, not really allowed to. It was like weird. a dark skinned woman. Yeah, it was like a weird thing where they were From not, South, not allowed yeah. to go. Yeah. So just, you know, having hopefully people like that in her life and keeping her kind of grounded and, and just having pride that, you know, look, there are people who came before her who were great and she can be great, too. Yeah. Okay. One thing about my daughter, where we're uh, we've been talking about lately, is uh, the dancing. Now, this is where I get into the whole. Oh, yeah, she's another Fairfax kid, right? Because <laughs> she she's not a dancer, not at all. She's black and Hispanic, and dancing. It's like some so white side coming on, out. Some on, white side on. coming out there. <laughs> some white side coming out. No, we well, got no. Colombian got yeah. a different rhythm to it. Yeah. Is that what it not, is? Like, it's not working no out. No bachata, no like. The, not, the no. dancing, no two step, no bachata. <laughs> like she just straight up don't know what's going on yeah. with the rhythm. <laughs> Rhythmless nation. Oh my goodness, rhythmless nation. Well, she's in fifth grade. I mean, she'll learn. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I couldn't yeah. really dance in fifth grade. Could you? Yeah, oh. I could dance, Bobby uh, Brown. Yeah. Well, see, he grew up, you know. Yeah, I, I, was still, I was still I was trying like, to do Michael. Michael, you know? yeah, they, <laughs> we was doing them brothers. We was New Edition, Bobby Brown. We was MC Hell. No, we, we was dancing. We, we were doing Michael. We was dancing, but baby girl can't. It, it ain't happening. The rhythm ain't you know, catching her. Not she at all. And it's like you black and Hispanic. You, you know what you need to do? Put on some Elder Barge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Let the rhythm get to her. <laughs> but, but you know, stuff like that is like you know that that's one thing. It's like where I'm, I'm like, they are a new age. You know, they are especially in a suburb su- suburb like Fairfax County. Like they are moving beyond that. Like my nephew just graduated from Robinson. And it's a Robinson Hood we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, right. It's Robinson Hood. Yeah, Robinson Hood. <laughs> um, and he is so they they be like hearing stuff like, oh, the first black like Kamala Harris, oh, the first black vice president, or you know, the first woman this, and they just be like, really, the first like they don't realize that this is not. But but it's like it's like yeah, we want to. Oh, that should be celebrated. I mean, they don't, even, let's be honest. They don't even, even really see black. why. Like, if you want to, and that's, you, yeah, you, you want really to right, get right, right down to it. Well, right. If y'all but, really want to get into it, Barack was not the first black president. Don't, don't, let's not go there because that's all nonsense. Nobody can I actually agree. say that. President Warren G. Harding had African ancestry. Nobody can say that for sure. That's I agree all. with you. Yeah. Well, let's not go down that road. <laughs> like, the conspiracy theory train that's not a conspiracy. on that one. I mean, it is what it is. Like, people say that, but we, we nobody knows that for sure. And we will never know that for sure because history is whitewashed. It is. So, we can say what we want. 
You can say that it was Native American. And then they say something about Abraham Lincoln being... Yeah. I mean, it's all, stuff, right? all kinds of stuff. But we can't... None of that can be proven. But what I'm saying is my nephew's like, it's not... Yeah, it's it's fine that, yeah, the first... This is happening. But it's like, why is this a big deal? Right, for them. But if he's grown up, you know, in an era where black people are, you know, making millions paying playing sports, they're entertainers. You got black people CEOs of Fortune 500 companies being the first is not a, as big a deal to him as somebody like, you know, our parents generation or our grandparents generation. Right, but I also I I agree with you, but I agree that we have to see we have to see it from their perspective also and have to see okay, why if we continue to make a big deal about these things, then it's going to continue to be an issue. Mm-hmm. So if we start to say, okay, I'm not, it's, I know it's, it's a difficult, it's, it's a very difficult thing because it's like, you don't want to lose that. You know, we're saying it's like, no, but that's not what it was like for us. Cause that was our reality. Right. And then the reality before the generation before us, the generations before that, Going, you know, degenerate before that, going back to slavery. Like those were realities that people had to deal with. And the realities are starting to change, though. Mm-hmm. So with these, you know, what he was saying is it's not that you don't want to give respect to these people for being the first. But it's like, God damn. Like, I mean, dang, like how how far do you need to how long does it take? You know, their age is so speedy. Right. And in the next ages are going to be the next generations are going to be so, so quick, you know what I'm saying, with things where it's like, why did it take you guys so long? Like the Voting Rights Rights Act is still Mm -hmm. an act, right? Right. Not even a 1965. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're sitting there like. Why did it take so long to give? Why is that a thing? Right? Why is it an act? Why is it not? It's just like why? Are, why are we still debating this stuff? Like I mean, why? Because see, our a, votes are still being right, suppressed. suppressed, and that's a, and that's the interesting thing, right? It's like one of the things that as a as a parent of of black children, one of the things that I often worry about is that the world is changing too much too quickly in a way where we are putting the things that are still very important to us on the back burner right we're we're minimalizing things that need to still be very much like in the forefront of our consciousness and our thoughts and that's and so i i feel like so for instance and I, I, I'm, I, I, I will honestly say I don't know a lot about a lot about about this, but um, I know recently there were these uh, judgments that came down as it relates to um, Asian hate. Um, and you guys tell me exactly what it is. I, I can't remember exactly that what it was, was called. Um, right but, after the um, that shooting. In Atlanta, was it the um, the spa? I mean, it had a lot to do with Mm -hmm. that spa situation as well as people, you know, just beating up Asian people in the streets, right? Like it was a whole ridiculous thing around that. But but the reality of it is, is that there's still a lot. The fact that that happened as quickly as it did blows my mind when there's still so much to be talked about and done 
as it relates to black people and, and Native Americans in this country, right? So the question is, do we now downplay all of the racism and hate in this country because things are moving forward for certain groups? Or do we still talk about it because the reality is, is that there are still things to be talked about and discussed, right? And, and, I, and I think that is where I come to uh when it comes to a head in my mind it's like well I don't want it, I don't want it to be you know overlooked I don't want it to be you know look beyond so quickly because there's so much left to be done we just talked earlier about how you know Broderick's grandmother knows people who were in slavery right that was not a long time ago I will do you one better than that so I'm I'm big into ancestry mm-hmm. and you know ancestry.com and I had always my my father did, did you did you do it you did I the, didn't do the DNA yet you didn't do but it. just Virginia has very good records of seeing people's uh, death certificate, mm-hmm. seeing people's burial records. I had always grown up hearing that my father's mother, her name was Janie Dunn, her parents died very young. And I, I never knew because she was adopted shortly thereafter, um, obviously by an African-American family. But my dad's mother was born in 1913. And on Ancestry, I was able to find out that her father was born in like 1845. You see, your dad's mother was born in 1913. Yeah. So her, my dad's grandfather was born in 1845. Wow. 1845. So he was an old man. Right. And her mother was like 17. But, you know, somebody born in 1845, I'm trying to do more research, was likely enslaved. So, I mean, that's and he died right around 1913 because he was he was old. Right. Right. But it's not that long ago. But, John, to go to your point, I think we still need to to, to talk about discrimination because, you know, I inhabit some pretty predominantly white spaces. Right. I'm the only African-American in my firm. I'm the only equity partner that's a minority. You know, I go to conventions and I like got overall minority, like like no women, no. We have a, we like, have two women, but I'm no I'm, Indians. No, but there are only you know six of us, so it's. But you know, I go in professionally. Only like five percent of lawyers are African American, and I think you have to ask yourself: Is that a national what, thing? Which, yeah. Which you know, what's interesting is you know how many people I grew up with who. I can tell you at least eight people I grew up with as a child in elementary school who thought that they would be lawyers when they grew up. None of them are lawyers. Some of them have had run-ins with the law. And I I only bring that up because um, it's just another indicator to me of how hard it is for us to get beyond that wall of things that situations that exist for us as people of color. And so I wonder, I know this is not, that's not the, the, the topic of choice tonight, but it is, but it is part of it, right? Understanding like, what does that mean for our kids and for your kids specifically as, as interracial kids? Like, what does that mean that, you know, has that wall been broken down? Does it exist anymore? I think for, 
our kid, everybody sitting at this table, we've got advantages over many people who look like us and that we have elite mm-hmm. educations. Right. So I think a lot Absolutely. of this is economic and a lot like if you start off, you're going to bad schools, you don't have any role models who really look like you, you don't know what's possible. You know, I wouldn't I'm not going to be shocked or surprised if our kids go to college and grad school. Because that's not because we've already done that, right? I, know, I so look that's at my not, kids sometime and I'm shocked and surprised. <laughs> I love my kids; they're fantastic. But a yeah. lot of people who look like us don't get those same opportunities, right. and it's not because they're not smart or because they don't work hard. Right. It's just they don't have the same yeah. opportunities. And I will say, like, I know my my daughter's going to have a much easier time because she's not dark skin. She's not a dark skinned girl, right? She's she's a much lighter skin, you know, and um, it's not going to be as, you know, when people first see her, they're not going to think, oh, ghetto, huh. you know, they're not going to think that. And she does so that. So that part of it still exists. Right. So when you, you talk about how we're in a different time, right, you talk about how kids are saying that. You know, why would why would this be the first black vice president? Why would this be the first black president? Those things are they don't they don't understand why this is the first because they don't they just don't have a sense of that. But in terms of being concerned about how our kids um, or will or will not be perceived as it relates to work, as it relates to dating, as it relates to like just being out in the world, there is still something there that exists. I mean, right? listen, if you if you today you um you black and you decide you want to name, you know, you want to name your kids. Don't talk about the name, Mike, please. Don't talk about please the name. Don't talk about the name. I mean, I think that I think I mean, that we talk about the dance. I, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like that's just what it is, you know. I mean, like you want to, um, you know, you want to make that decision. To I mean, I feel like that kind of plays into the plays into their hands a little bit. It, it it does sometimes, but 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 let's think about it like this. So we also have in this country a situation where, let's be honest. Shirley Chisholm had no chance at being president, right? The only reason, and Michelle Obama is as close as I think personally in my lifetime, as long as I've been, I got probably about another 40 or 50 years on this earth. I do not think that we will see a dark skinned black woman like her in the White House. In my lifetime, I don't. I I, I disagree. You disagree. I okay. disagree because my grandmother would have told you probably thirty when she was when she was forty that she'd never see a black president, that she'd never see a black female vice president who was a member of her sorority. Yeah, you but know, I still I, feel like when people said that, people was saying not they were not picturing and they were not envisioning who we ended up getting. Absolutely. We're going to see a trans black non-binary. Nope. No, we, not. <laughs> no, we will not. In our lifetime. I disagree. In the White House. No, we won't. I, we, I dis- 100% disagree. I we, think we can make a gentleman's bed. We'll see Booty Jays first. 
who are it's very interesting that the, the, uh, and I don't use TikTok a lot but I happened to be on TikTok <laughs> the other day and there was this woman who claims to be she calls herself her her handle on TikTok is I don't know if they call it handle I guess her yeah, username yeah. right is half black conservative oh that's her that's, that's oh. what she called herself on TikTok right and she is like going in on like all the black people on like in in government like uh, everything she's against you know anything that she's super conservative right and i'm and it blows my mind but what if what if what if what if one day your kids grow up and they are now conservative they are half black conservatives it it would not happen like that for my children just because if you look at your tim scott's your clarence thomas's your candace owens they grew up in a way that my children are certainly not growing up. Mm-hmm. They tend to have more blue collar backgrounds. Okay. Okay. By conservatives. Okay. 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 What does that mean, though? It, it, it just means that, you know, because, uh, you know, my wife is apolitical and okay. I'm, I'm very I'm a political appointee. Gotcha. 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 In Fairfax County. Yeah. And, you know, just the people. My, my son will not be that way, and my daughter will not be that way. Okay, okay. So you're gonna, so you're gonna fight the power on that I'm one, fight and the make power sure on that one, and make sure that your kids understand that they are not half black conservatives, but they they can't they can't possibly go down that road. They're gonna be there are people that we went to high school with who mm-hmm. will espouse blacks who will espouse conservative ideal ideology that we went to high school with. Yeah, that we went to high school with that will, on the one hand, talk about black power this, black power that, then talk about I'm not voting for Stacey Abrams. You said black students, you say? Yeah, one in particular. He's thinking about somebody in particular. (laughs) But, you know, I just think... Because, uh, I, for for example, I, I, I've been too, the, my, my, let's talk about my father. My father grew up very different family than my mother. My mother, uh, I, on my mother's side, I am a fourth generation grad school graduate. On my father's side, my, his father went out to get a pack of smokes when he but was a man, toddler. It's, it's amazing that Broderick is not mixed. Right. right. Yeah. At this point, I would have yeah. thought, you know, and like, no. he went out to get a pack of cigarettes. My dad didn't see or hear from him till he got a call that he was dead wow. when he was in college. Wow. And my grandmother, my father's mother made $40 a week cleaning houses. Wow. And, you know, they were on every government program out there wow. you know she lived in public housing they and i've just seen how much good government can do mm-hmm. so i think it would be hard for me to ever be conservative and for you know for my children to be conservative because i've just seen how good government can do even for people like you know for example my mother being able to go to an integrated college, being able to go to a predominantly white institution, the first person in her family to do. Although my grandfather went to BU for grad school, so that was he was one of a few of us. But um, just being able to do things like that, the GI Bill, of which we didn't get our full benefits. Right. But it helped helped. So I think it'd be hard to be a conservative. 
right. So we were talking, and, and and so yeah, you know, do you think what, what would you do, Mike, if your daughter ever decided that she wanted to be? Because you know, let's be honest, Columbia, surprise, Columbia. I would be surprised if growing up in Fairfax County, grew up conservative. I, I mean, I think that Not this a, something, I mean, even in your house every day, she's in your house every day. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I feel like I think that uh, you know, my wife throws it back at me a lot. She she gives me um, you know stuff. She feels like. I'm not uh, progressive enough, no. you know. But the thing, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm more progressive. <laughs> just not. It's, it's. I guess it's a different kind of progression. I mean, I'm not. Um, I feel like I feel like I do have some conservative views, but it's not in. But the con, the con, the conservation or the con, you know the conservation. Being, I guess is not. Yeah, is uh, the conservativeness is not. Um, Anti, anti-black, right? You know, it's more just moving forward. You know, just more, more going beyond, right? Beyond everything that we're, you know, I feel like all that is really holding us back. Is it also like? Let's be honest. I always tell people like when you think about. So I work at a I work at a school that is trying to be trying to be very liberal. Right. But I always tell people the reality of it is, is that most black people are moderate at best. Right. Yeah. Like we grow up moderate, especially at if best. you're from the South. If you're from the South, like being like religion as a component of who we are as black people, we are moderate at best. So, um, so when you, when you go too far to the left for black people, you actually, that, I, that's why I know black people voted for, for he Trump. who shall not be oh. named. Oh, oh, he named that. Don't be saying He said that name in his house. Like, right. So we, <laughs> we're, and we're in Broderick's house. So Broderick probably going to throw, uh, Mike out of the house now. Mike can't leave in a second. <laughs> But, why? That's the thing, though. Why, though? I don't know a single intelligent black person who voted for President Trump. I mean, but let's think about it like this. You I know, do you I'm, know? I'm pretty sure that's not true, bro. Roderick, you, 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 you oftentimes quote rap lyrics, sir. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not true. There were many, there were many rap lyrics name dropping prior prior to his becoming president, where you know tr- everybody was trying to be like him. We gonna take over the world when I'm on my Donald. See, mm, he he stuff. got it. He knows. That's Mac there. Miller. Man, rest you in know peace. what? I'm gonna tell you. Well, that don't count. Yeah, Mac yeah, I don't know if he count, right? <laughs> he count. No, but Foxy would drop him. Yeah, Jay Z. I mean, that sure. was back when. But that was more before. Because I think I think he shall not be named was a genius because he took white rage. And right. harnessed it. He did. And got people who don't vote usually unless he's on the ballot and just got them fired up and got them, you know, he, because do I think he really believes half of that stuff? No. But you don't? I, no. I don't think he does either, no. to be honest with you. Okay. I think he, I think he is. Means to an end. He, he is. Means to an end. Yeah. He, he has decided that social media. Yeah. Life is the life that he wants to live, and that means so he's not a white supremacist. I don't think he's a. I, I think he's an idiot. I think he will kowtow to whoever yeah. is going to get him the most um, uh, cachet, right? Like who's who's going 
because he has no money. We know he has no money. Like, we know the man stays. I mean, I don't think people Brock know that. is almost richer than right. he or should not be named. Brock's on his way to making a bill. He's, you said DC, he's almost richer? Yes. He's not richer? I mean, this, pretty close. He, I mean. Really, he has he has money because he has because he has uh, uh, he still has real estate and stuff, right? So I mean, yeah, but that's like at this point, that's borrowed stuff, right? That could be taken from. <laughs> well, him we don't know point. how rich he is. We just know Barack is making hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, I know that. I'm, so. I'm just I just can't imagine he's this guy. Is, he really has nothing. But no, I, I see on Facebook and, you know, all the and I, I agree, John, that African-Americans tend to be more conservative socially. Uh-huh. And so you have to have to watch how you speak to those constituents. You know, I think we need to be the equality yeah. party, but you also need to speak about kitchen table issues. It's not fair that somebody making $10 million a year can be paying a lower marginal tax rate than right. somebody making 50000 Right. You know, that's t- talking a language that people understand. Right. Well, we we have, uh, as a group, this th- the three of us, moved far beyond just talking yeah. about our kids. I, I know. I was going to come um, back to, um, to <laughs> It's not unusual. That's what happens when we get in a room. It never stays well, but, on one topic, but, you know, it's all good. I mean, we... It, you know, we talk about the colors of the rainbow. We talk about, you know, all kinds of different things. And then we 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 drill us down to like you're either black or you're white or you're Asian or you're Latin. And then we don't even talk about colors. As a, I mean, we, you can and people have. And it, and it usually leads to there being some kind of negative connotation to uh, applying an, a color to Asian, right? Like you don't want, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. In don't do that. It is a very negative thing, right? Don't you don't do apply that. color, but for whatever reason, black and white still exists. White still exists. Black right. and white still exists. What right. is brown? The Hispanic people claim brown. Right. The Indian people claim brown. Right. South Asians claim brown. Right. Who is brown? I just think I, I think it's 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 much more complex than that. And I think you just need to explain no, it is, once yeah. the kid yeah. is old yeah. enough that historically in America, you basically had that's white and not white. That's right. history. That's right. And yeah, that's history. But, but you that's can the t- history. But yeah. But I think to understand where we are now, you have to understand the history. Right. No, so you have to it, understand the history. You absolutely. have to know the history and you have to understand the history. However, you can't bring the history today. You can't bring it to now. You can't bring that to now. But it's it's. I mean, if you look at, I, I think you have to, right? But you, you have, have to. But you, you don't bring, you under, the, you, okay, this is what happened in the past, and I feel like that's, and I feel like that's where you know our our youth is going. Right. Where they're like, okay, that's what happened in the past. Y'all were some idiots. <laughs> but what, what what do they say? You know, if you if you don't understand history, then you're destined to repeat it. But I don't think but I don't think that we need to I don't think we should assume that they don't understand it Mm. just because they don't continue to um, continue to talk. They don't continue to fret over it. They don't continue to fuss over it. I don't think that we should assume they don't understand it for that reason. Okay. Okay. They do so many things that they do so many things better than us already. 
these generations, these younger generations. You saying Trey doesn't do things that blow your mind? You're like, I mean, he oh does, goodness, and like, he gets in trouble for some of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people get in trouble for things. People get in trouble for things, you know, but they have new perspectives. They have, um, you know, different outlooks. And they, like so many of them, we give them, you know, I don't mean, I don't, I, I don't know, because so much for Broderick, but like my yeah, daughter yeah, is living right. completely differently from the way I grew up. Right, right, right. right. Like there's an almost... Nothing that is the same from like a technological standpoint, or from every like every she, standpoint, everything. Really. Let's She's be honest. not growing up the way I grew yeah. up. I mean, I went to I. We just had this, I had this conversation with someone recently. My son, I took my son. To, my son had his birthday party. He had his eighth birthday party, and literally, there were we had his whole class there, and there was mostly white people. And so, but his reality is that's his reality. It doesn't matter right. to him. It doesn't that's bother right. him. It doesn't have that's any, but that was never my reality right. growing up. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, like if you had white friends, that was confusing to people. It was confusing. It would have been confusing to me. Like, where did the white people come from? Especially right. then you go home to <laughs> right. black exactly. people. Exactly. And so, but that's not our neighborhood. That's not where we grow. That's not where we currently live. That's not where they go to school. That's not the reality of the times that we live in. Right. So, you know, you can say, for instance, for Conrad, like for your son, that's not the reality of where he is right now. Right. Like, she doesn't have to fight every day. Right. Because of her long, curly hair and her lights. Like, if she was in the, still in the projects that we, where I grew up, if she lived in that neighborhood, she would be, be fighting every day. I hear that. I hear that. And that's so what do you guys think? Um, and, and we've been talking for a, a, a while. I love this. Well, it's pizza I, getting cold. I love this conversation. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna end this soon. But this is my last question to you guys. What do you think when people say that they don't see color? They used to teach that, hey, we should be colorblind, but now it's if I don't see color. If you look at me and say, oh, I don't see color, then you're not seeing me. You're not seeing my experience. You're not seeing because the if, if I'm just a random brother and it's like with this whole, you know, the George Floyd thing, I, I talked to um, some kids in the caucus mm-hmm. at our alma mater. And one thing I told them was, you know, when I'm walking down the street, people don't see Woodbury Forest graduate. People don't see. You know, people don't see, um, you know, black man with a law degree. People don't see partner in a law firm. Right. When I, if I if I just went to Seven Eleven just like this, right, right, they're gonna see a black man. Right, that's true. That's gonna be the first thing that they see. And the so. first thing that they're gonna see if I get pulled over. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm driving a nice car. If I'm driving, you know, that's the first thing that they see. So I think we need to. To, to 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 not judge anybody based on that, but to acknowledge lived experiences. My experiences are going to be different than somebody who's, you know, all black people aren't ubiquitous. I mean, aren't, aren't the same. We're not right. a monolith. Right. You know, we've got different experiences. My experience is different than a brother who's a first generation American or a brother who grew up in a housing project. Right. My experience is different. And yet similar. Right. And I think that the interesting thing for, you know, the three of us sitting here at this table is that 
you know, our experiences are in fact different. It's some similar. I mean, you know, Mike and I have had the conversation about growing up without our father and 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 having that kind of conversation. That's different than the experience that you grew up with. Um, and you know, and Mike and I essentially grew up in the projects. We grew up in two different kinds of projects, but we well, we grew up. We both grew up in the projects. But you know, but but and ultimately, we ended up in the same place in terms of high school. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that we had different experiences. Um, the fact that <laughs> Mike knows how to sail. I don't know nothing about sailing. Um, you know, the, the fact that Mike is, uh, you know, uh, the is now married to a Colombian woman. And I don't know nothing about being married. Apparently, I'm married to a a Cuban woman, according to her. What I got to do to be Cuban? What a joke for my whole life, right there, because she swears she's Cuban. <laughs> but, um, but you know, but so, so our experience is even different than your experience. I mean, we were Mike and I both are first generation college graduates, right? We we are first generation high school um, boarding school. You're first generation boarding school. Yeah. We all first generation well, independent actually, boarding school. Well, maybe not. No. So my <laughs> my uh, so my grandmother's uncle's son went to what is it? It's it's school in, in Laurenville, North Carolina. It's a historically black boarding school. That's what a historically oh, there, there, black there are boarding a couple. school. There is yeah. one. It's uh, it's, it's pine, pine. No, this is Laurenburg something. No, not Pinecrest. Pine that's another school. It's pine something, I think. And I almost so, got sent to Pinecrest. There's a school called Pinecrest. I think. Yeah, a school called Pinecrest. But, but yeah, for the most part. Um, but yeah, it's a different experience. But like I said it's still similar because yeah. when we are perceived by outside, they don't see any of that. Right. And right. so, right. you know, like for example, I've had clients say things to me that made assumptions about my background just because I'm African American. Right. Like, Oh, you probably haven't heard of the school <laughs> or you probably really. Yes. Yeah, I mean it doesn't surprise you know, me. It doesn't surprise me. And at all. it's 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 stuff that I could get angry about, and I do get angry. But you know, I can't live with all of that hatred and anger. I just have to to roll with it. And I say, actually, you know, I have heard of that, and you know what? You know, I've been involved in some of these institutions. Right, right, right. We have been having a great conversation. This has been amazing. I love talking with you guys. Uh, as always, between our, our our text chains and the conversations that we have a couple of times a year about stuff like this, I'm glad you guys came on to the podcast today to talk with me about, um, you know, your families and, and the whole kind of process of what you go through as parents of interracial children and the things that we think about as just black men who are raising kids. Right. So thank you guys for being here on the podcast today. Um, and I really do appreciate it. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to daddy confessions. Check out the show notes for more information about some of the things we talked about on this podcast and for how to reach me if you would like to be on the podcast. If you like what you heard, click subscribe, share it with a friend, and don't forget to give us five-star rating and drop a review on your favorite podcast app.